Welcome to the Break Up to Breakthrough podcast with your host Tash, an awakened empath who is here to share tips, guidance and support on getting you through your breakup. I am here to remind you that it is okay to feel what you are feeling and to embrace this next chapter of your life. For every ending is a sign of a new beginning, so love yourself first, focus on healing and let's celebrate your individuality. Hello beautiful people and welcome to episode 49 of the Breakup Coach podcast. I am excited for this episode but slightly nervous because if you've listened to this podcast before you will know that I am a very open person and that I share my own experiences in order to help others Um, but this is something that I've not really spoken about but it's something that I have felt has been coming up a lot for me and I wanted to talk to you about PTSD because something has been happening for me recently and it is that I have been getting flashbacks of a moment in my life um, that was really traumatic and that I didn't actually realise the impact that that situation had on me and this flat this flashback keeps on coming back to me whilst I'm lying on the gym floor trying to work out um, and trying to prep for a half marathon that I am running in three weeks time so I hope that in three weeks time I am sharing an episode where I'm saying I've done the marathon I've really hit a goal for myself and achieved something where I've proved something to not only myself but my body that we can do things if we put our minds to them and the reason why this is all to do with my mind and body and how they're connected and how our mind and how our body holds on to trauma is that this flashback is coming back from a day when I was younger and I ended up in hospital with my first collapsed lung and this was my first of eight which spanned between the ages of 15 and 31. I am now at 34, nearly turning 35 next February and something I didn't realise that I had until somebody brought it to my attention is that I actually had a lot of PTSD from the amount of times that my lung collapsed but also the first time that it ever happened because it it was something that I had no idea what it was or what I was experiencing. So at the age of 15 I was going about my normal day um, I remember vividly being in Morrison's car park, um, where, wherever you're living um, and listening to this podcast and wherever you're from, Morrison's is a supermarket in the UK and I remember vividly being there in the car and all of a sudden um, I just started to get a pain in my right side all the way down my back and I just started to feel really unwell but I didn't really think too much of it and I just sort of carried on with my day and I don't know why I didn't really think too much of it I guess I just kind of thought whether I'd had these pains before and 
I just hadn't really registered them or maybe I just thought I wasn't feeling very well. Um, but it also takes me back to actually me not being the sort of person that wanted to let people know that there was something wrong um, and that I wasn't very comfortable um, in expressing that and it, it, this is still something that I know that I'm I'm learning um, as I get older is that I don't really like a lot of fuss I don't really like a lot of attention I am the sort of person that likes to handle things on my own which I realize can be quite unhealthy at times so it's about being able to express yourself in a way that is serving you whereas I didn't know that at the time and so when this happened and I started to get this pain in my right side I didn't really think too much of it so I just carried on with my day and then later on that evening I was sick quite a few times from the pain but I ended up putting it down to a sickness bug and I remember my mum was away so I was just with my dad at home and I spent a couple of days in bed over the weekend just thinking I would just get over it and then when it came to Monday morning and my mum had came back from being away on training for work or something um, that I could no longer lie on my right side as it was too painful and I was having to sort of constantly be on my left side so whenever I was lying down the pain was just too severe and little did I know at the time, but my lung had collapsed on that Friday in Morrison's car park. So I arrived at the doctor's on the Monday morning and they um, listened to my chest and they told me that I had a suspected spontaneous pneumothorax, which at the time I had no idea what that was. That wasn't explained to me. These two words were just said to me out of the blue that I had no idea what they were. It wasn't at the time, you know, when I was 15, I didn't have my phone where I could just quickly Google what it was. I mean, thank God I didn't because I'd probably have already ended up in hospital on the Friday. But I was basically told that I would need to go to the hospital for an x-ray. And I remember leaving the doctors and just being, I'd never been to the hospital before. So I remember just this overwhelming feeling of fear I had at the unknown and having no idea what spontaneous pneumothorax was or how they would even treat it. And as I was 15 years old, um, when I arrived at the hospital, I was placed on the children's ward and I remember them offering me a wheelchair and I was like, no, no, I'm fine, I can walk. And this again just shows how stubborn I was at people trying to help me. Um, but also because I didn't realise the severity of what was actually going on for me. So I continued to walk around the hospital, um, up and down floors for x-rays and sort of just waiting for, to find out the results and finding out what treatment I would need. And I remember me and my mum were waiting around in the hospital for quite a long time that then later on that day I was told that I would need to have a procedure to help my lung reinflate. And again, as a 15 year old, I was quite a young 15 year old as well. I wasn't um, very developed as a 15 year old I didn't start my periods until I was 15 so I was a very young looking 15 year old I mean people even say now when they find out that I'm 34 that I'm a very young looking 34 year old which is great for me now but a 15 year old girl you don't really want to be seen as this um, still seen as this child but I was still trek as a child and I remember and this is the flashback that I keep on getting and 
even thinking back to how I must have felt at that time makes me a little bit emotional now for little me because I think how did I even cope with that as a 15 year old you know what was going through my head at the time I mean what was my mum thinking and as I went in to have the procedure um at this time they had put this magic cream on and I'm saying this magic cream in air quotes because I don't really remember it doing anything because the pain that I then went through going through the procedure and being awake was like nothing I've ever experienced before in my life. And I went in to have the procedure with my mum by my side and I remember vividly lying on this bed in this room and the doctor said to me who was going to do the surgery... Um, I was going to have injections in my side and then they were going to put a small incision in my side and then put a tube through my rib cage. I'm sorry, I should warn, this is graphic, um, that they were going to put a tube through my rib cage and leave that there for a few days so that my lung could reinflate. As I was so overwhelmed at the thought of this, um, I probably wasn't really thinking straight and I was a 15 year old girl so I didn't really know or understand what was going on. I was probably very overwhelmed um, and probably frozen a lot by fear. Um, that then when they asked me if I minded, bearing in mind I was a huge people pleaser at the time as well and I was a very much a yes person and I didn't know how to say no, um, they then asked me if it was okay if a group of students were able to come in and watch the procedure happen. As a people pleaser, as a yes person, as somebody, as a little girl who wasn't aware of what she was thinking, of course I said yes. So I vividly remember that there was all of these people surrounding me and they were staring up at the ceiling and they then... I then had my whole top half was exposed because where the surgery and obviously where the drain was going, but there was no attempt to um, conceal my modesty, if you would. But because I was such an underdeveloped 15-year-old girl, it probably wasn't seen as that I needed to. But now, as a 34-year-old woman, looking back at that experience not only was the experience of having my first collapsed lung and not knowing what that was, to then be sort of tret as an example and for me not to be able to speak up for myself um, and not be able to use my voice is something that has made me realise how much that I have had to work through to get to the point where... I am able to openly talk about this and as you can tell by my voice it's a very emotional subject for me and it's very raw but I did feel like it was important to talk about because we hold so much in our bodies that we don't realise and this can be trauma that we have carried in us since we were children and it can impact us in ways that we have no idea about and I say this because this then went on for the next 
16 years for me on and off of um there was a, i will explain there was a gap so if i look at so for example when i work with clients i work a lot with um timelines life maps we delve a lot into you know peaks and troughs and things that have happened in your life that have impacted you whether that be on a huge scale or something that you just remember for whatever reason this could be highs and lows so when i've had to go back over this i've sort of looked at the gaps of when it happened and that I have carried this for 16, well, 18 years now, because it's only really now that I'm sort of unpacking this and starting to realise the impact that that had on me as a woman and growing up as a woman and carrying around this fear um, and also of having your body exposed to a group of people that you don't even know. And... It then, ha I had a f I had my first collapse along at 15, it then moved on and then I think I had like a seven year gap. So it was when I was then at university and it happened again. I think it happened twice in university or two or three times um, to then to the point where it was it had happened on both sides. So I ended up having to have an operation to fix it on my left side. And then... I then moved down to London and I was working in London for about two or three years and I remember vividly the experience of it happening again and me having to um, get a suitcase packed and get myself on a train to get back home because that is the only place that you ever want to be when something like that happens is you immediately want to go to your home comforts and want to get home. Little did I know and on reflection I'm looking back that I was constantly being guided back home because there was a reason why I needed to be here. But on, we can only really realise that after going through a lot of um, self-reflection. But now I see that and I see that there was a lot of healing that I needed to do and the only way that I could do that was to be around my parents and to be able to work on that. Um, relationship with my mum which I have expressed and explained more in detail in other podcast episodes but I wanted to talk and really talk about this because this is something that I have held on to for a long time my last collapse lung was and I say this because I want it to be my last was when I was 31 and I had gone through my breakup with um, a narcissist, which was really sort of the pinnacle of me starting on this journey and me doing this work that I'm doing now, which I'm so, so grateful for. But I was running at the time and I remember running down the waterfront and I all of a sudden felt it go. And again, I tried to push through it. I tried to convince myself that it wasn't happening. Um, and I then realised that it was happening. And I can only explain it. That people, because you say a collapsed lung, they sort of ex <laughs> expect you to be sort of lying on the floor, fully collapsed yourself. But you're still a fully functional person. It's just you're walking around in a lot of pain. And it's very, very uncomfortable. And obviously it's hard to walk long distances. 
So again, I wasn't living at home at the time. I ended up coming home and it was that that sort of made me realise that I needed to be closer to family permanently and I needed to... It was a massive wake-up call for me that I needed to start taking more care out of myself and that I wasn't looking after my body and I wasn't allowing myself to heal and I was avoiding a lot and I was carrying a lot of trauma. I was carrying a lot of emotion that I hadn't expressed. And that was in 2019 and we're now in 2022. I'm happy to say that although I'm still working through this and if anything I've only really realised the impact that that had on me in the past year when somebody highlighted to me that you do probably have PTSD from not only that narcissistic relationship but also from all of those traumatic experiences that of that fear that you have gone into because you fear that your lung is going to collapse at any time so I have a fear of flying because so I used to have to drink to get on a plane because I would be so scared of something happening on a plane because of the compressed environment and me just feeling really really uncomfortable on a flight whereas I'm now finding new coping mechanisms and I'm now understanding my body so much more I've now started to heal my body from the inside out to release trauma that I've held on to for so many years and realizing that the more that I have held on to it the more that my body has been impacted by that and it's not that I'm saying I am responsible for my lungs collapsing because it is a spontaneous pneumothorax this could be something that you know, when you ask the doctors why it happens, they say they don't know and they can't give you any sort of solution to it and there is no treatment afterwards to say, um, to even, there's no, for anybody who has had an experience where they have had to go through any sort of trauma and I'm even talking about if you've been through a really traumatic childbirth, if you've been in a hospital and went through a really traumatic experience, for all of those people that went through having covid and being in hospital with covid and having people coming up to them in like hazmat suits and you know not being able to breathe properly or having the mask on them and you know being on ventilators all of that is so much fucking trauma that we don't actually realize and then we just set off and as as much as i value the nhs for what it is there are some times where i've had to go into hospital and fight my way in to get an x-ray and say my lung is collapsed i know that it is because i know my body but i didn't at the time when i was 15 i had no fucking idea what was going on so i had to just be guided i had to just be told i didn't know my voice i didn't know that i could speak up i didn't know what was going on i had no control and then afterwards i was just left after going through this traumatic experience and nobody not once tried to attempt to understand why my body had reacted in that way they just went oh it's a spontaneous pneumothorax you probably had a bleb on your lung maybe when you were younger that's it off you pop and then you you go along with your life there's no there's no support there to help you with how that impacts you mentally and how you're walking around 
constantly fearing especially for it to happen two or three times that you're constantly walking around with the fear of oh my god it's going to happen again because it is one of those spontaneous things that you can't predict and I was constantly asking doctors what can I be doing to prevent it from happening and all they would be able to tell me is that you can't go scuba diving and I can't smoke which I've never been a smoker but other than that, they wouldn't be able to tell me anything. And when I did have the surgery anyway, so when I had operations on both sides at different stages of my life, I think I had one when I was about 26, 27. Um, and I had one when I was 21, 22, when I was in university. So I had surgery to fix both sides. And they again said it's... 95% success rate there's a 5% chance that it could happen again which it did because then my lung collapsed again after I'd had the surgery but then that was because my body was saying you've still not dealt with this trauma you've still not dealt with what is going on you're still not looking after yourself enough there was no conversation about health what you're eating, how much you're drinking, do you take drugs, you know, and the severity of the impact that that can have on your body. And your body's going to tell you that it can't handle that anymore. And your body's going to send you messages all of the time that maybe you're, you're overdoing it or you're pushing yourself or you're not dealing with something or you're not expressing emotion or that you're suppressing emotion and that you're not dealing with, say, you've went through a breakup and instead of processing it and allowing yourself the space to heal, you've instead gone out and put yourself on a dating app and went out and slept with people or went out and got drunk to try and fill the void that your ex has left. And that is not what we're here for anymore. That is not why we're here. And this is why I am so open and I'm so honest about my own experiences. And this is why I share the thing, the mistakes that I made along the way in getting to the place where I am now is that so you don't have to. And that the advice that I give you, although I don't regret the mistakes that I've made and I'm not saying don't make mistakes because that's how we learn, but... If I'm saying things like, you know, you have to go no contact, the quicker that you go no contact with an ex, the quicker that you're going to get over it, the quicker that you go no contact with a narcissist, the quicker you're going to be able to move forward. And yes, it will be painful to do that, but it's going to, the pain isn't going to last as long. The impact on your body and the trauma that you carry isn't going to last as long because you're allowing yourself to stop there take your power back and say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm putting myself first. I'm taking my power back and I'm saying, no, I am dealing with this and I'm going into this knowing that I want to allow myself to heal in a way that is serving me. And it's not about anybody else. And it's about me looking after myself. And it's about me not wanting to carry any of this shame, guilt, resentment, anger, frustration that we come away with when we've been through traumatic experiences. And it's about allowing ourselves to release that in a way that is therapeutic to you, in a way that is healing for you. 
and I encourage you so much to do that and if you need the support to do that then go out and get it and go out and find it and ask those important questions to those people to or if you're not getting the answers that you want from doctors or from medical advice seek other options that you can look at whether that's holistic whether that's energy energy work so whether that's getting reiki healing and actually being open to that and not fearing it because it's not going to do you any harm it's going to do you so much good to actually be more open to the idea that we are all energetic beings so we all carry a lot of energy around with us and if we don't realize that if we don't become open to that idea that you can't physically go through a traumatic experience or a a toxic relationship without then carrying a lot of dark toxic energy with you and do you want to carry that round with you absolutely not that isn't yours to carry allow yourself to release it allow yourself to let it go allow yourself to heal it's so important that you do if you have been through any sort of trauma in your life which I imagine if you're listening to this then you probably have and if you haven't already I would recommend that you get the book The Body Keeps the Score and I will share information on where you can get the book in the show notes but this is a fascinating book that shows you and expresses to you how much the body will hold on to trauma and you know, traumatized people chronically feel unsafe inside their bodies. The past is alive in the form of gnawing interior discomfort. Their bodies are constantly bombarded by visceral warning signs. And in an attempt to control these processes, they often become an expert at ignoring their gut feelings and in numbing awareness of what is played out inside. They learn to hide from themselves. And that is a quote from the book. And I think. It is so, so accurate that we walk around and we ignore, you know, little aches or pains or things that our body is trying to communicate with us because we don't want to deal with it. And if we have to deal with it, then that means actually going deep within ourselves, going deep within our souls to try and understand why we're, what we're holding on to and what trauma we need to release to let that go. We have learned that trauma is not just an event that took place sometime in the past. It is also the imprint left by that experience on mind, brain and body. This imprint has ongoing consequences for how the human organism manages to survive in the present. Trauma results in a fundamental reorganisation of the way mind and brain manage perceptions. So it changes not only how we think and what we think about, but also our very capacity to think. And the final quote from the book that I want to share before I finish up this episode is that in order to change people need to become aware of their sensations and the way that their bodies interact with the world around them physical self-awareness is the first step in releasing the tyranny of the past so if you feel like you are constantly controlled or that your life is constantly manipulated by your past experiences then it's time to start looking about how you can release yourself from that cage and no longer feel 
imprisoned by what happened to you in the past and allow yourself to heal. And I honestly can't say how therapeutic it feels to be able to talk about this and to be able to release it. And to also say that if you are talking about it and if emotions do come through, then that is okay. And it's important that they do because that emotion is there for a reason it needs to be expressed your body needs to release that so if you're feeling like you're holding on to emotion wherever you feel like you if you can take a couple of seconds now to actually just scan your body close your eyes and allow yourself to really connect with your body and feel where you're feeling any type of pain where you're feeling any type of discomfort or if you think about whenever you Maybe if you're going through a breakup, where it, where are you holding that pain? Where is that pain coming? Is it in your stomach? Is it in the bottom of your back? Is it in your heart? Does your chest feel tight? Is it in your throat? Do you get headaches? Really ask yourself where you're holding this tension, where you're holding this trauma. And then that is where you can start to look at ways of releasing and letting go and allowing yourself to connect mind, body and soul. Because if we don't, there is going to be a constant disconnect between all three. And that is where you're going to find that you're not living in alignment with who you're meant to be. And if you're really struggling with that, or if you're really struggling with, if you feel like there is something that happened to you in the past that you're really struggling to deal with, then I would love to chat with you. I have one-to-one spaces open for October. So if you would like to discuss that in more detail, then please feel free to reach out and I would love to chat. If you resonated with this podcast, whether or not that is, whether you've had a collapse long before, which if you have, I would absolutely love to hear from you. But if you have felt like you have been carrying around a lot of PTSD from past experiences, but you maybe thought like me and thought, there's no way that I can have PTSD. That's something that happens to somebody that has been through, you know, like a war zone. Or that has been through something really, really, what you would deem as really, really traumatic. Your trauma is valid. Whatever that is, because it's yours, it was your experience. So allow it to be valid. Allow it to be heard. And allow yourself to speak your truth. I'm sending you all so much love and light and I really, really appreciate you all for listening and um, I would love to hear from you on your thoughts of this podcast and if you feel like it would help anybody else, then I would absolutely love it if you could like, share, subscribe or comment. I'm sending you all so much love and light and I will see you all in the next episode.